By the way, um, just before we kick off, um, I had a, there's a couple of older ladies here yesterday, and uh, one of those ladies I bought a camera lens off on Gumtree and talked to her about the Lord over Gumtree. Anyway, that was two years ago. She came to camp, brought a friend, and she could not believe what she saw in all of you guys. She, they're like scratching their heads going, but if they're from all different places, how are they so one? Like how, do, you know, and they, were, they just thought this is something they didn't think existed on the planet. So I just wanted to let you guys know that because that's a work of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Yeah. All right. Okay. Understanding the why. So who here um, went to high school and studied something that they thought was pointless? Yeah. Okay. Um, so for me, a graphic designer, I studied chemistry. I studied it really badly. I didn't know why I was doing it. And it didn't go well, I can tell you that. If we don't know why we're doing something, we can lose motivation really easily. What about um, if you get a task at work or uni or home or anywhere and you're given this task but you don't know where it's going, what you're doing it for, where it's taking you. You know, if your boss says, oh, can you dig a hole and fill it in again? You just don't get really passionate about that because there's no reason for it. But when we know why we're doing something and when we know where it's taking us and that that place is somewhere we really want to go, we suddenly find this motivation, energy, focus for this task. It, it becomes worth it, right? So probably the biggest transition in our lives is moving from being a child where people who are responsible for us make decisions on our behalf to actually taking responsibility for our own decisions and learning to sort of grow up and how to go about that process. And especially in our walk with God, we need to understand that what we're doing is what God says. And actually when we look, we understand why we're doing it, why his wisdom works, all of a sudden, we're not sort of bucking against things or not knowing why we're doing it so there's no motivation. All of a sudden, what can feel like hard work in our walk becomes something we love to do, something that is taking us where we need to go. It's funny, especially when we grow up in the fellowship, right? We can get older but we're still waiting for someone to tell us what to do. Anyone felt that? Yeah. I grew up in the fellowship, by the way. There was a fellowship when I was younger, like that long ago. But you can be waiting for, for permission to do something that God already says you need to do if you want to walk with me, if you want to get where you want to go, where I want to take you. So God has rules. The church has rules. I'm not here to say that there's no rules in the church. God has laws and commandments, but they're all truths, right? So here is one of God's laws. The law of the Spirit has made me free from the law of sin and death. I don't know about you, but I want that law in my life. I want to live my life according to that law. Here's one of um, Jesus' commandments. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Does anyone here want to be part of a church, a fellowship, where people don't love each other? I don't. So see how these laws and commandments, they're truths, but they are so good. They are things that help us take us where we need to go. As Christians, though, people look at Christianity and they think, well, Christianity is a bunch of rules about all the things I can't, I'm not allowed to do. Before you come to know God, that's what it can look like. But actually what can happen is we can start to want, think that if I just live my life according to the rules, what people tell me to do, I'll be okay. The problem is that's not a great life. And it actually won't take us where we need to go. If 
because Jesus didn't come to earth to just bring a new set of rules. There were already plenty of those. Right? So we can look at the church, we can look at God, we can look at a whole lot of things and just see rules. But if that is our lens, there's something that needs to change because we will lose our motivation and we won't walk our walk. The flip side is when we do know why we're doing what we're doing and we know it's God who says it, that we're following Jesus out of personal conviction and experience that Josh talked about today, personal experience, when it resonates with the Holy Spirit within us, that why we believe is what God says and we see the fruit from it, we start responding to God and He responds to us. And He works in our life in really powerful ways that make you get goosebumps when you talk to someone about it. It changes and we move from being a dependent going to church to being useful in the eternal plan of God. Have you ever spoken to someone about the Lord, about your testimony? How did you feel after you did that? Useful in the eternal plan of God. You felt the Holy Ghost go, yeah, yeah, this is what I want to do. What happens is we stop waiting to be told and we start becoming useful. We start to be purposeful in our life and confident in who we are, excited about what God's doing. So our workshop is about understanding the why and it's okay to have why questions. All right? We're going to look at something in a moment. At the end of the workshop, we're going to circle back to the reason that underpins everything. And hopefully that makes sense, but we'll get to that later. So I'm going to hand you over to James. I'm James's trusty assistant. <laughs> nah, it's the other way around. Um, but yeah, welcome to the workshop. Um, so we're going to go through a cool session now, a bit of an interactive session. So we're just going to put all these questions up on the wall. So as you can see, the theme is understanding the why. Um, and so we've broken those down into three categories. So three categories of why questions. So just a prerequisite is that we're not actually going to be answering all these questions. We're just going to be identifying these common questions. And they can be anything. Any question, not a bad question. Um, we're going to put some examples up just to show you what's actually been said before. But we've got, so so why is just a normal question. So so why, you know, why do good things happen to bad people? Why is there suffering in the world? That's an example there. Um, do we, like why do we? So why do we speak in tongues? Why do we believe that that's part of salvation and our fellowship? Um, and why don't we could be, you know, why don't we drink alcohol? You know, why, why don't we do something else? Um, and so I kind of gave in the intro about you know, working out your salvation with fear and trembling. Um, and sometimes we have answers where we just trust God. Sometimes we have to leave these answers to God. We pray to God. We rest in God. Um, and, and sometimes the answer is given or sometimes we have to be patient. Um, but there's other times as well where we actually need answers because sometimes it actually really affects our walk when it becomes a bit of a stronghold in our walk that sometimes we can't get past. So um, I'll read out a few more examples. So yeah, why do we fast? We found out that there's a lot more why do we. So why do we pray? You know, why do we actually read the Bible? Why do we actually part of the fellowship? Um, a common one on the so why that Pastor Peter's going to put up is why me? Like, you know, we heard about worthiness last night. Like, why did you choose me, Lord? Um, I might just grab some assistance if that's cool. Can you get maybe Chickala, Chelsea? Um, one of you guys could maybe help Pastor Pete pick it up. Um, the other one can write. Rookie error. <laughs> um, yeah, so does one of you guys want to just um, write some more ones? Because we got some more ones. Um, and then, so you guys, luckily being the last group, I think it's the biggest group, uh, it's good. Um, but you're going to have the most questions because we've probably got all the questions from the last two groups combined. Um, 
and then we'll also ask for some questions. Just we might just put up a few first though. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So maybe start presenting some first. So we've got why do we why do we follow the Bible? Okay, it's a good one. Why do we take communion weekly? That was well kind of answered today, I think, but it was a, it's a good question. Why do we tithe and give money? You know, who wants to give 10% of your money to the church? Doesn't sound good. Why do we pray? Why do we preach the gospel? Yeah, why don't we? So put some why don't we's up. Um, do you guys want to put some why? Just why questions. Oh yeah, under something. So why don't we? Why don't we have sex outside of marriage? Why don't we hit the party club scene? That's a good one. That was from the first workshop. Everyone liked that one. Why don't we dance in the meeting? Good question. Hopefully you can see these questions. You're like, oh, I can relate to that. You know, or oh, someone said that to me. Oh, I didn't have the answer to that one. We're kind of looking at some kind of controversial questions you could say here. Anything? Go for it. Give us, give us the hardest question you've got. It's all right. <laughs> um, raise our hands. Yep, good one. Why don't we? Why don't we have women's pastors, women, women chorus leaders? Yeah, that's a bit of a differentiation there as well. Um, yeah, why don't we do drugs and alcohol? Um, I think this one is, oh uh, yeah, why don't we? I mean, it's more of a, why is the church not growing? Yeah, that's what we want. We want that. So keep them coming. So any questions, guys? Now we'll go to the crowd. Any Any questions? No questions are silly questions. Be quiet. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you an activity. I'm going to have you guys talk to the person opposite you and around you and just tell them one question. And then you can stitch up your mate afterwards. And don't tell me who told you the question. So go for it. Go for gold. One minute. Hey, guys. Let's go. So I'm just going to read out a few that were put on the board and then I'll ask for some more. So... So why is God's plan taking so long? Great question. Why does God bless the sinners sometimes and it feels like it, they curse the saved? Um, why doesn't God reveal himself to us? You know, Why doesn't God communicate himself to us? Um, yeah, why is there so much suffering in the world? Um, um, yeah, why this fellowship? Is there a reason that God called me to this fellowship? Why this fellowship? Um, what else we got? We've got, why do we? Why do we have an expectation for men to give talks? That's a reverse one. Um, why do men run churches? Question mark. Uh, why do we follow the Bible? Why fast is a good one. Um, and then don't we, why don't we swear? And why don't we... We've got LGBTQ plus marriage, so why don't we support that? Good question. Alrighty, guys. Who wants to stitch up some mates? Let's go. Yep. Good question. Right in. Yes, yep. Why do people receive the Spirit quickly? Or why don't they? So why is there people that receive in one second and some people take 20 years? That's a good question. Yep. Why don't women close in prayer? Yeah, Connor? Yeah. We'll try and summarize it in this little post note for you. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, so maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the hardest question so far. <laughs> Can't answer that. No. Um. So maybe it's why do we exclude jewelry from? Um. Is it just other rules? Is it other rules? Yeah. Uh, or other doc doctrinations? What? Why is jewelry an exception? Okay, I think I understand what you mean. Keep talking about jewelry. So, um, Aaron, why? Why do Christians get married? That's actually a really good question. Yeah, Norton. Yeah. Oh. Alright. I mean, they're getting harder and harder. <laughs> I feel like that one. That's a doozy. Let's go. That's good. <laughs> I was waiting. There was going to be one. There was going to be one that was stitched up. Why don't we have tattoos? Okay. So Dylan wasn't wondering, but James was wondering. Okay. Yeah, James? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone's been like, yep, come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kat, but you have one? Oh, great call, great call. Yep, why do we not encourage um, relationships one person with another, one person out of fellowship? I'm not quite sure how to word that. Um, yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we're gonna discuss the process of actually answering these questions. I'm actually gonna equip you with the processes, and that's why you'll be able to answer your own questions. That's a good. That's the only question we've answered so far. So, um, yeah, Haley. Maybe why do we why do we use incorrect facts in communion? <laughs> 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 no, I don't know. It's semantics. Yeah, why do why are we looking exactly at the scripture? Like you know, like specific to the scripture. Yeah, maybe also uh, communion. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Yeah, last one. Yeah. Last I'm going to hand these questions over to you. Awesome, guys. Did a great job. I feel like this group's definitely got into the nitty and gritty. I fired up Connor before this, and it was a bad idea. <laughs> What else do we add to the board? Why do some rules contradict scripture? Why don't we wear crosses? What else did we add? So why are we taking scriptures literally? Um, why is jewelry an expectation? So. So I'm just going to go through a few key scriptures and points. And this is probably just the beginning of the process. This is just going to kind of summarize a little bit of the beginning of the process for you with any question that you can see or any question that you've kind of said. Um, so to answer all these questions, firstly, the first question I think we've got to actually 
is ask ourselves. So I think we should ask ourselves two things as believers. The first one is, what is the Holy Spirit leading me to do? That's the first question. Um, and the second one is, what does God's word say on this topic? And as you can see, some of these aren't covered in the Bible. But I'll get to that later. Um, so in the first question, what is the Holy Spirit leading me to do? So firstly, I mean, Josh kind of stole my thunder this morning, but do we actually have a prayer life? Do you have a prayer life? Do you commune with God daily? Are you building yourself up in the Spirit daily? You know, firstly, we need that prayer life. So Jude 1.20 um, it says, it says, you know, build up yourselves in the Holy Ghost. That's the key there. Um, and the why question to that would be, so if I go another step further and ask a why question, so I get to ask a why question this time. Why do you even need a prayer life? Why do we need a prayer life? Um, and so what I've got here, um, I think it's because we have this internal eternal struggle in the mind between the flesh and the spirit and they're at war with each other um, and a lot of the time sometimes, not all the time, but some of these questions come from that um, and to, to help provide this this answer the key is the prayer um, and so we're going to go to Romans 12 and it talks about renewing your mind here um, and essentially helping the spiritual mind win the battle. Let's have a look. Romans 12, chapter 12, verse 2, and it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So it's saying here we're actually not even able to prove any of these questions if we're not even using our spiritual mind. It says that. We have to renew our spirit to prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The second part of it, though, is, is that sometimes we just, you know, we can critically analyze everything really reflect on everything. I did a whole uni degree on it. Um, but as you can see in the scripture, what are we actually trying to prove here? We're actually trying to prove the will of God. It's the will of God. So if it's God's will, sometimes like we're constantly coming up with all these red herring questions um, and it can lead us astray and it can actually weigh on our own souls. Um, and we actually need to enter that rest First and foremost, like it says in Matthew chapter 11 um, and verse 28 to 31, we won't read it for time, but if you don't, if you don't stop and rest, you'll get tired and you know what, you'll stop walking with God. Um, obviously, of course, there's great spiritual questions that we need to answer for our own salvation and, and as a part of our walks um, and I think the way that we should reframe this question. I think the other workshop kind of chatted about spiritual maturity and I think it's quite key um, is that you know this problem or controversial issue or any question that you have on this war um, is it it's got to be what's your will God it's got to be all right less of me more of you what do you think about this so and what does that imply we need humility we need meekness two things so let's go to Colossians 3 I'm going to try and just speed through it. You guys are getting a bit of a summarized version today. Um, but hopefully it's good. Colossians 3, verse 12 here, just one scripture. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. We need to put on those things. We need to actually be meek. We need to be humble. Um, God's only going to... Be able to work with a spiritual person if they're willing to submit themselves. And part of the spiritual maturity process is actually being childlike. Even though we have to grow spiritually into this you know, spiritually mature, um, spirit-filled Christian, we actually, to God, God's our Father, we've got to be childlike. 
we've got to be, as it says in Ephesians 5 verse 1, it says, you know, we've got to be holy as unto God in our dealings. Um, and that's kind of the, the mindset we have to take. Um, so just before we go to the second question, we'll go to Isaiah 55. Um, and we have to remember, surely as a child in Christ, our minds are always thinking that his ways are higher than ours. Surely we think that, you know, it's God. God the whole universe. So Isaiah 55, yeah, this is my favorite. I always go back to this. Also, it's very humbling scripture as well. And it's also a very great scripture, you know, to just describe the trust that we can have in God. For my, the Isaiah 55 verse 8, for my thoughts are not your ways, not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Because God knows more than us, let's just go to the second question, which is, what does God want us to do? Okay. So at a recent leadership camp, and I think um, Todd Copper was making this point, I don't know if he's still here, um, Pastor, Pastor Michael Hyman gave this great talk, and he talked about three things. We're going to go through the three things today. This is kind of how you use God's word and applying it to these three questions. So first question question is scripture and what it actually says in the Bible. So God specifically says, you know, you shall do this. Like in Acts 2.38 it says, you know, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Shall in the Greek means without a doubt it will happen. Um, or he says you shall not, like to Adam and Eve, you know, don't eat of this fruit. It's black and white. You know, God's Bible has said this is, this is good, this is bad. So that's the first point of call we go to. But if we can't work it out in that first point of call, because it's not directly from the Bible and we can't see it directly from the Bible, we go to the next piece, the second piece, which is principles. And I might like to add to that first one, actually, is that this, these decisions and these actions are always made with prayer in the Spirit. I can't emphasize that enough. Prayer in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. Um, Okay, so, and principle, principle can be a big thing. Principle can be something like, you know, if I keep doing this or if I'm going to do this, if I go down this path, will I make it through? Will there be a lot of pain and suffering and death? Um, but also, principle, we have this, all these godly principles in the Bible, and they come out through, they don't explicitly say, that, you know, don't do this, but it's a godly principle. So, an example of that, is discipline. So, you know, we know that in the Bible it talks about discipline and how we should discipline our children. But if we look at the godly principles, like it says, so for example, of the Holy Ghost. So, made with prayer in the spirit. And then the last one, if we ki- still can't work it out from description, from principle, from the next one is practice. So the, this is on the fruit. This is about the fruit of a situation and a decision or an action that you've made. And what you've seen in other testimonies is that you've been seeing that the fruit that's kind of been brought forth from that situation. So fruit, is it good or bad fruit? come from this situation going to be good or bad so it says in 1 Corinthians 6 that you know we're going to judge angels we're given the actual advocacy to judge angels when God returns Um, but it also says before that like we've actually been given the advocacy to make decisions ourselves it actually says that you know why don't we Um, and so that's where we have to put this into practice we have to somehow make a decision sometimes by ourselves with the Spirit leading us to a decision. Um, I'll just skip that point. Um, just in summary, this is just a basic kind of starting process that I think being led by the Spirit, looking at the three Ps, description, principle, practice, look at the Word of God. Um, 
But just before we go into the case study, we're going to go into a case study, which kind of is actually one of the questions up there on the board. We're going to look at this case study and then help you guys, or you guys will get these um, sheets and you'll go through it and you'll kind of realise, look, all right, maybe I can apply this to another question on the board. Um, but before that, I just want to look at three little specific things um, that I find I find helpful. Firstly, is that if you've got a, if you've got a stronghold in your life, if you've got something that's really kind of you think that's like you know taking away from your joy, um, God can pull down these strongholds. So the reference of that is Second Corinthians ten verse four. Um, sometimes we can just have peace, pray prayer for peace. Sometimes the situation won't actually change itself. Sometimes it won't get an answer. Sometimes we won't get a you shall, you shall not. But we can actually have some prayer for peace and about a certain topic. Um, and that might actually help us to stay on our feet in some ocean. Philippians 4 7 is a reference there. Um, and number three is this is my favorite one. And this is something that really kind of answers a lot of these questions is prayer for a revelation about a topic. So. In Proverbs 29, verse 18, it says, well, if you have no vision, you will perish. You know, what, what Pastor Pete just talked about, having a revelation, you will perish. But we need to have a revelation from God. And James 1, 5, another reference for you. You know, if you want wisdom, ask God. Ask for godly wisdom. It's the only way. Anyway, I hope that kind of gives a good preface. Bit of a long rant, but hopefully you kind of get the picture. Um, and we'll go into a case study. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, James. Um... Okay, so if we look at this board, right, for me, answering this question, why don't we dance in the meeting, it's not a big deal. Like, if I had to dance in the meeting, you guys would hate it, so you'd probably leave the fellowship. So it's not a big issue, right? But why me? Why does God love me? We need an answer to that question, don't we? We need that. Otherwise, we stop walking. You know, we come across people who believe a whole lot of different things. Why do we speak in tongues? You will find you need an answer to that question. Right? Got to be personal conviction. Can't just be someone telling you all the time. We, most of us here, have had great input for a long time in our lives. Really good teaching. But the personal conviction then comes when we start to discover it for ourselves. Um. I needed an answer to that question growing up as a teenager. Probably just me, not an issue for anyone else. You know? But I needed it. Um, other things are, you know, I needed an answer to this. Pray. Why do we read the Bible? I'll share a quick little testimony. When I was about 15 and a half, I started to go from being told what to do and it sort of trying to understand things, God knew I was just about to start to make some big decisions and they were dumb. He knew they were really dumb, right? And so he stopped me in my tracks. If you want to know what happened, I'll tell you about it later. But he stopped me in my tracks. So much so, I hit the floor on my knees and my knees hurt from in that moment. And I just poured out all this stuff to God like I never had in my life before. I was honest with God, not for the first time, but the most in one go. Like I said to him, okay, just you and me now, Lord. All the other stuff doesn't matter, just you and me. I only want you and me, and I've got to walk with you in this life. But if I'm going to do that, I need to read the Bible. So why did you make it so incredibly boring? Why is it in cure for insomnia? This is quote, end quote, you know. I told God what I thought about reading the Bible. But I knew that I had to read the Bible, so I said to him, okay, I want you to make the Bible like a glass of cold water and me a man in a desert. So I want to drink it. I have to drink it. I have this desire. It's everything I want to do. And you know what? From that day, he did it. Even, if, even after I insulted the Bible, <laughs> he did it. And I can't stop reading it. It's alive. Because I got honest with God. And my why, I let him have it. And then he let me have it. And it was really good. You know, the thing is, 
Like we have a lot of why questions, right? If we don't ask them from God, if we don't ask them from the Word, from the Spirit, for revelation, from pastors, teachers, brothers and sisters, whys become doubts. And they're not doubts. They're just unasked questions, right? And when enough unasked questions come together, they form a gang and that gets overwhelming and we think we don't believe when the truth is we just haven't asked and we haven't looked. We don't know why ourselves so sometimes we're going god tell me what to do and he's like it's written in the book you know i've, I've written it down for you you know open it up and have a look so that's what we're going to do now who here thinks that okay our fellowship has made a decision a choice not to drink alcohol is everyone aware of that <laughs> okay just checking so is that a rule of the church? Who thinks that that's a rule of the church? Yeah? I did. I did for a long time, right? Because there's no 11th commandment that says, thou shalt not drink alcohol ever. Don't even think about it. Right? It's not there. So we've picked this topic because sometimes all of us can think, yeah, I'm, I'm reading the Bible. And what that is is just verse of the day popping up on our phone. You know, so we get all these warm, fuzzy verses and we go, yeah, yeah, this is good. I'm quick read, done, you know. So if we're going to find out what the Bible says, and there's no specific commandment, if you like, or rule. If we're trying to live our life by commandments as New Testament sons and daughters of God, we're kind of in the wrong time. What did you have to do with the law and the commandments in the Old Testament? How did they have to live by but all of it was motivated by faith, wasn't it? Abraham, man of faith. In the New Testament, we have to live by faith. So it's the same ingredient, same God, right? Different relationship. It's not about all these kind of rules and stuff. It's about responding in faith to this. So we're going to look at this topic of why we choose not to drink alcohol. Because do you know what? Every single one of you need to make this choice. When I did this on the coast with youngies, they're like, what, we're allowed to choose? Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, you need to. But when Christians want to make a choice, when anyone wants to make a choice, we want to make an informed choice. Christians go through the process that James is talking about. Prayer for receptiveness to God's will, not my will. Because if I answered, why don't we have sex before marriage, just out of my carnal mind, the answer would have been inevitable and it would have been really bad for me, right? And once again, just me, you guys. All of these questions, we want to be receptive to God's will. We've got to look at his word. We want to make an informed choice. We use the word of God, don't we? So what we're going to do now is we're going to give you these worksheets, right? They're all different. Here is, they've got a question. They all start with a why kind of thing. Does the Bible say not to get drunk? You guys want to take that? What about just drinking a bit? There's this great blues um, legend, Albert Collins, and he says in a song, I'm not drunk, I'm just drinking. And there's a lot of people who think that's what they're doing, right? So what about just drinking a bit? Is that okay? Because, hey, there's a lot of churches out there who go, no, drinking's fine. Why has our fellowship made this call? And what would you base your decision on Let's give that to these guys. All right. Kings and priests. What's that got to do with alcohol? We're going to look at that. So I might pass that down to you, to those guys. Yep. Okay. Has anyone seen anyone just at, you know, in work or whatever, um, having a few beers? One thing often leads to another. Is that a true statement? Okay, so how does that fit in with God's wisdom? Remember with this, and on these sheets, at the base of most of the sheets on the right-hand side, is conclusion. From these verses, do you think God wants us to drink alcohol? Yes or no? That's the question. Not what do I want to do, or what can I get away with, or what, you know, 
It's what does God want me to do? Because that's what Christian life is about. His will, him increasing, me decreasing. So one thing leads to another. Where are we going to push this um, down partly down the back there? Okay. Who is influencing who? That's another one. Keep passing them around. Great. And the last, have we got any more? Yep. Oh, what if I have to go to a function? Anyone have to go to work functions where there's, you know, some alcohol being consumed? Yep. Pass that over. Any more? Yeah. Okay, here's another one. Is your glass half empty? I'm going to pray. And the last one. Who hasn't got one? Okay. Who are you? What's that's the question. We're going to pass that right to the back corner. So let's give that to these guys. Yep. And for me, Christian go home time, I love it because if I'm at a function and I look around and I see the signs it's Christian go home time, it makes me smile and I sort of walk out with a grin on my face and everything's oh that's good, he's happy, he's cruising, you know. But I'm going, gee, it's Christian go home time. And it's it's like a nice little reminder. Okay, so what have we found here? Right? I'm really proud of all you guys because you've gone deeper than verse of the day. Right? So verse of the day is fantastic. It's a great thing. I've got like three verses of the day that pop up. But if on verse of the day, um, the verse came up and Jesus turned water to wine, do I wake up and go, yes, you know, I can drink today. No, that's not the point, right? The thing that we've done is we've put together different scriptures, all from the source of why questions. Our whys have turned into answers. Who here has seen more about why our fellowship has decided not to drink alcohol today than you knew yesterday? Yeah? Do you feel a little bit stronger and clearer about what you believe and why and therefore it's easier to make a godly decision? That's the process. We've actually just gone a bit deeper into the Word of God and we've discovered, my goodness, there's answers everywhere. And they all and they all connect together, right? They, they fit in together. They support one another. Sometimes there can be an anomaly, something that we think, well, that doesn't fit. But with all of the scriptures and things we've come to today, what we know is if we find something that's a bit of an anomaly, we go, okay, well, I've seen that thing a certain way, but I know all of this other foundation, so maybe I'm looking at this in the wrong way because the Bible does not contradict itself. God does not contradict himself. All right, just to finish now, um, there are many things... There's some things that we, we won't know the answer to for our whole walk with God until we know as we are known when Jesus Christ returns. That moment will be the answer for every question that you've ever wondered about. But I don't think you're going to be asking questions. You're just going to be singing your lungs out with joy, right? But there are some things we don't know the answer to. We've got to trust God with that. We've got to keep walking in the Spirit because the answer may come in time. Has anyone ever had that happen? Didn't get an instant answer, but later a revelation happened, a voice came, a scripture you read and just went, oh, exactly, that's the answer. You know? But there are many things we need to know what we do, why we do what we do. We need to know why we take communion. We need to know why we read the word of God, all those kind of things. And God's got answers there because those things will get us to where we need to go. So we can't wait for just someone to tell us Yes, people who tell us in the meetings and voice groups or whatever, but we've got to dive into this to understand ourselves. We're not waiting for someone else to walk our walk for us. Everyone in this room is well old enough to be reading the Word of God just a little bit at a time. Take one question that you've got and do a little bit of exploration around that. Ask pastors, ask teachers, ask elders, ask brothers and sisters. They may have had the same why questions which is why most of the walls filled up with very similar things, right? We have similar questions. 
Use the resources God's given you to work out your own salvation if you intend to. But the most important thing we're going to finish on, and we're finishing on it because we want you to think about this first, right? More important than all this stuff is that we need to understand, understanding the why as Christians has to be about one thing. It's all about the who, right? Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. Yet not I live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. My favorite verse in the entire Bible. You know, if I could get that message across to someone who was unsaved, to my brothers and sisters, if I could receive that message each day more and more, if every way that I lived was pointing people to who? To Jesus. If what I did and why I did it is all about who? That is preaching the gospel. That is your testimony. If you say, I don't drink because I'm a vegan, God doesn't get the glory. Nothing gets the glory. If you say, oh, <laughs> one guy, I won't say it was, he said, I just say to people, I don't drink because I go to church and it's a rule of my church that we don't drink alcohol. I'm like, well, how does that work for you? And he goes, oh, it's a nightmare. They just, they just rain on me, you know, and the church, you know. And also, it's not powerful, right? So if I say to a, someone, hey, you should come to my church. We can't drink alcohol and we're not allowed to have sex before marriage. They're not chomping at the bit to come to a meeting, right? It's not about what we can't do. It's about who we're living for. Jesus didn't come to bring a new set of rules. He came to bring a new relationship. It's not about rules. It's about relationship. And when I'm in love with Jesus Christ because he loved me first, it doesn't feel difficult. There are difficult decisions to make. They're made easy by the process that we talked about today. They're easy because they're clear. Okay, clarity doesn't make it easy, but it makes you gives you the ability to make a choice that's wise and godly. If I'm connected to Jesus Christ, the Word of God is my go-to. The Spirit of God tells me, I remember one of the most important moments in my life, I had a choice to make. And I lived in Adelaide way back when. And back then, I was looking at the rules. Pastors were policemen. I, even the smallest rules, it was kind of a bit of sport to sort of get around it, like curfew at Karakalinga. I mean, when they stopped curfew, it just got boring because you didn't, you know, run around and hide from the night patroller. Small things amuse small minds. But the point is, I had, this, I had this decision to make. And this pastor said to me, he looked at me and he said, I hear you've got a decision to make. And I was waiting, oh no, here we go, it's a lecture, he's going to tell me what to do. And do you know what he did? He said, you've got the Holy Spirit, you'll make the right choice. And immediately I identified I already knew what the right choice was. I just wasn't admitting it yet. Straight away the Holy Ghost just went, bingo, you know, right? So it's not about rules, it's about relationship by the Holy Ghost. It's a relationship of love. That's it. Because of how much Jesus loves me, most of the questions and controversial things that the natural mind throws up become a non-event in his love. Because you love someone, you will do things that are ridiculous. Look around. Some people start dating and they start doing ridiculous things for each other, right? You keep doing that for your, your wife, your husband, your children. It's about love. The love of Jesus Christ. I love you because he loved me first. I want to serve you because he has washed my feet while we read today. You know, it's all about him. If we're living for Jesus like we sing, then everything I do is about him. How I do it is by his power. 
His word is a light to my feet. Christians are followers of Jesus Christ. We live in a world where people think it's strange, weird, that Christians would actually follow Jesus' teachings and believe the word of God. It's not strange to us. That is the path to eternal life. Jesus has connected me and my fellowship is with him, God the Father and Jesus the Son. If I walk in the light, I have fellowship with you. The connection that God has given us. And you know, there are some times when some of the why questions start to overcome us and I need you to help me with that. It's part of the reason why I'm here. You need to help each other. It's not about age either. Go back home and be part of the why for other people to keep walking to eternal life. Be that. Don't wait for someone to tell you to do that. God has called you to. You are new creatures. You are ambassadors for Christ. You're his. You're lights in a dark world. One last thing, this cheesy marketing guy said, it's not what you do that people buy, it's why you do it. The why is an important thing. And so if everything we do, everything we believe comes back to God's word and it's all about Jesus Christ, one sister said, when people ask me why I don't drink alcohol, why I believe in God, you know, why I'm a Christian, she said, I tell them because it's changed my life. There's an answer. I tell people I can't not believe. I've seen God do too much. I could try and live in denial, but that's all it could be. I can't not believe. And they go, what? Who are you talking about? It's not religion. It's relationship. It's not rules. It's relationship with Jesus Christ. So why we do what we do is powerful because it points people to Jesus. And if that is why we do everything we do, everything is going to make sense. It's all going to connect. And we're going to feel motivated about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and where we're going. We feel energized, purposeful. We're not dependents. We're actually ambassadors. Amen? Amen. We're going to take photos. Hallelujah.